0: You're listening to Fly By Night, a podcast by FedEx Pilots for FedEx Pilots, brought to you by the FedEx Master Executive Council of the Airline Pilots Association. And now, here's your host, MEC Communications
1: Chair, Captain Chris Lee. My guest today is Council 22 Chair and Block 2 Representative, Captain Tony Cutler. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Chris. Good to be here. Tony, talk some about your background before FedEx and what you've been doing since you've been here at FedEx. Well, I
0: consider myself to be a Memphis
1: native, grew up here in Memphis.
0: I was born in Jackson, Tennessee, actually, but moved around a little bit, uh, family lived in Olive Branch in the Memphis area, uh, but I went to kindergarten here and I graduated from high school here, spent a few years in other places along the way, but uh, this is my home. I left here to go to Air Force Trade School out in Colorado Springs, spent a few years there and then I was in the Air Force, flew RC-135, strategic reconnaissance around the world, so got to see a lot of it. Spent a little bit of time teaching T-37s in Enid, Oklahoma, taught pedestrians how to fly jets, and then uh, flew RC-135s a little bit more before I left the Air Force, and I find myself coming back home uh, working for the hometown
1: airline. What have you been doing since you've been at FedEx?
0: Like most people in my block, I started out as a 727 engineer, Uh, worked my way up, uh, DC-10 engineer, went to the right seat of the MD-11 in Anchorage. Got back to Memphis doing the same thing. Spent a few years as a flex instructor in, on the MD-11. Then went to the uh, left seat of the 727, left seat of the DC-10, and then to the left seat of the MD-11. I got to stay in there for a while before I got accessed, wound up going to the right seat of the Airbus, the left seat of the Airbus over in Hong Kong, and then finally back to the MD-11 in the left seat. You have extensive past union experience. Can
1: you talk some about that?
0: Well, sure. I was hired in 1998, and uh, at the time, pilots were represented by the FedEx Pilots Association, and we were in the middle of contract negotiations. Uh, We'd been released by the National Mediation Board to self-help. A lot of things going on. Uh, There was a call for volunteers to man the uh, phone banks in the Strike Operations Center, and so I did that. We went through some dark times back then. There was uh, what we called the the parking lot deal on the, the 19th of November. Uh, The next morning, I was in the call center taking phone calls. Uh, That was back when we uh, didn't have too many cell phones, had a lot of pagers, and we got most of our news from calling the message line. So that was my first foray into union work. Uh, Later on in the 2005 era, we were setting up a strike center uh, for our 2006 contract, a strike center over on Linfield. I was uh, a volunteer to help there. In 2007, my block rep was elected to be the MEC vice chair, left his seat open, and I was asked to run for that position, and I did. I served as block five rep for about five years. Later on, a similar situation occurred. Uh, My block rep was selected to be the MEC chair, and I was asked to run, and I did, and I was the block three rep for a while. Same thing happened here. When Paula Batrell decided not to run for re-election in Block 2, somebody asked me to run for Block 2 rep, and, and here I am, starting our terms here on the 1st of March.
1: Well, your term just began, as you said, in March. How do you see your role as an MEC representative? Well, Chris, I feel like as a,
0: a Block rep, I'm first an advocate for the members that elected me. That's the members of Block 2, Block 5, Block 7, so it's a wide-spectrum uh, cross-section of our pilots. I'm here to support them, to express their views, and to be their voice, to stand up for them in the processes of the MEC. I also see my role as a, as a leader. We all work together to achieve a goal, and it's my job to motivate uh, the members of the MEC to move forward in support of the goals of the members that have elected us. In my role as a block rep, I actually have four hats. So I'm a, I'm a block rep for block two, so I bring the perspective of the pilots that have been here for you know, roughly 25 years. Most of us were hired as 727 engineers. Most of us are white-body captains now. A lot of us have international experience, a lot of day flyers. So I bring that perspective, but I also wear a hat of a local council officer. Since uh, we represent pilots from Block 2, 5, and 7, we represent, you know, pretty much the gamut, the whole cross-section, from guys that uh, are narrow-body first officers that do a lot of night flying and hub turns. You know, all the way through to block two. So I'm responsible for representing a whole wide cross-section of uh, FedEx pilots. The third hat that we wear is a, as an MEC member. We all sit at the table together with the other 14 block reps. We coordinate the activities of the individual local councils. We're the governing body, and so as the name applies, we're also the executive body that we elect officers, we establish and oversee the committees, we define a budget. And in that capacity, we're looking out for every FedEx pilot. And finally, we all wear a hat as members of the ALPA's Board of Directors. That's the highest governing body in ALPA. And typically, the ALPA Board of Directors meets every two years. Uh, Every four years, we elect ALPA national officers, and we can amend the Constitution and bylaws uh, when we develop the strategic plan for the entire organization.
1: Well, Tony, your term starts today, but there's also other MEC members whose terms begin in March. Can you talk some about how that plays into how the body works together? Well, sure, Chris.
0: So in ALPA National, all of the local councils are divided into three election groups. And the local council officers' terms last for three years, but they're staggered so that the elections occur not on the same year. So this year, Election Group 2 had their elections, and that included Council 22, Blocks 2, 5, and 7. It also included Los Angeles and Indianapolis. So five of our 15 reps uh, were scheduled for elections. In addition to that, the Block 11 rep recently resigned, and he was replaced through that election. And our Block 1 rep uh, will be retiring soon, so there will be an election to replace him. So that's seven of our 15 reps. Lots of new faces, but there are constants: uh, things that, that haven't changed. Our path to negotiations was developed back when I was a Block 3 rep when our MEC went onto to a, an offsite retreat and tackled the problems that we would have to deal with with uh, the constant changeover personnel. And we developed what we call the path to negotiations. And those are tenets that we use to keep us all pointed in the same direction with the same drive. One of those tenets is that our, our role as the MEC is to provide direction and guidance to our negotiating committee. Another tenet is that we're committed to be diligent in our preparation to strive for consensus. Another tenet is that we maintain a communications plan to keep members informed and engaged and to build trust in the MEC, trust that the MEC will represent the members' interests. And finally is our negotiating goal, and that is that we'll provide an industry-leading contract that meets our members' focused priorities of enhanced retirement benefits and pay rates with targeted quality of life improvements. So while a lot of the faces have changed, our goals remain the same.
1: Well, let's shift a little bit and talk some about how you see the pilot's role as we continue down Section 6 negotiations. Well, Chris, I believe it's every ALPA member's responsibility
0: to remain informed and engaged. And now more than ever, we need to stand together to demonstrate our resolve to achieve our negotiating goals. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a member of the proverbial choir, so I don't need to be preaching to you, but I strongly urge you to reach out to your fellow Alpha pilots, your brothers and sisters, the ones you fly with, the pilots you jump seat with, you share crash pads with, your neighbors, your friends, and make sure that they are also engaged and informed. Make sure that they have their contact information up to date. You can go to fdx.alpa.org slash myinfo and make sure your contact information, your email addresses, your your snail mail addresses, your phone numbers, that that's all up to date so that you can be contacted. Go to fdx.alpa.org slash textcaster and make sure that you're signed up for the notifications and reminders that we have there. It's going to be very important as we move forward during the RLA process that you're available to be contacted on a moment's notice for any type of activity that we might have planned that we need you to participate
1: in. Well, Tony, you just talked a little bit about how pilots can update their information so that they can contact you. Can you talk some about why might a pilot actually contact their rep? Well, there's a lot of reasons why they might contact
0: a rep, and usually it's a reason that they didn't anticipate. They're usually looking for help for some problem that they're dealing with, and that's one of the most satisfying parts of the job is being able to help them find the resource that, that we have available for them. I won't always have the answers, but I'm getting better at being able to find the place to direct a pilot. We have a lot of, a lot of resources that uh, are available. Contract enforcement and grievance are, are two that most people wind up dealing with at first. But it might be your wife having a problem filling a prescription at the, at the pharmacy and no longer accept our, our insurance. You know, Our R&I committee is a, is a place to go. Our military affairs committee, our pilot assistance committee, uh, professional standards committee, training committee, aeromedical, HEMS, PATH. We have so many resources that are available to pilots, and they just need to reach out. And I'm usually able to help point the right direction uh, so that they can access those resources. We pay a lot of dues for them, and and they are a good service for us, and I want them to be able to take advantage of them.
1: Well, Tony, thanks so much for being here. Any final thoughts?
0: Well, Chris, I I really appreciate the opportunity to come talk to you today. Uh, This is a new venue for me, a new medium of communication. I'm not sure how it's going to be received, but I hope I get some feedback. I I want people to know that they are free to contact me anytime. Uh, They can contact me through a DART. Uh, Anytime a member sends in a DART, my council, I get an email that they send it in. I get an email when the issue was resolved. If they have any other questions, or comments, concerned about it, they can contact me directly. My email is tony.cutler at alpa.org. My phone number is 901. Yes, that's dreaded Memphis area code. 246-TONY. Call me. Send me a text message anytime. I'm always willing to answer your questions, or your calls. I'm here because I feel like I offer some valuable tools to the pilots that, uh, that can help us all achieve our goals. I bring experience, in the airline with uh, multiple seats, multiple airplanes, multiple domiciles. I've been a commuter. I've lived in base. I've seen a lot of the experiences that all of us have seen here at FedEx. I've got expertise. I've got experience uh, as block rep before. I know how to find the resources. I know how to work with people. I have energy and enthusiasm that I think is going to be necessary to get us through this grueling time. I'm dedicated to be prepared. I'm not an expert on everything, but I know how to seek the advice of experts. I hope that I have the voice of a leader and that uh, we can move forward as a group. But finally, and I think most important is I have a passion to restore the pride of the company that I came to work for. When I was hired in 1998, PSP meant something. FedEx valued its people. It knew that people would provide the service and that the profits would come as a result of that. And we know the culture has changed. And we're often accused as pilots of wanting to tear down the company and to harm the company, and it could be nothing further from the truth. There's no employee group that is more directly tied to the success of this company than pilots. If you're a customer service agent or a package handler or a salesman or an executive, you can leave FedEx and go somewhere else. You can go across the street to AutoZone or International Paper or Amazon and find another job probably get paid more to do it but as FedEx pilots with our system of seniority we can't leave 15 years of experience behind and expect to go find something to replace that we more than anybody want this company to succeed and I want to help us lead back towards a restoration of that pride in the company and make it the company that people want to come to work for like it was back then
1: well thanks again Tony thanks for coming And thanks for listening. If you have any questions, please go to our website, fdx.alpa.org, and utilize the DART link. And as always, be safe out there, and we'll see you next time.